and my mama call my name. She's trying to take me down before I get there. Welcome again. Uh, my name's Jason Barnard and this is a Strange Brew podcast. Another fantastic guest this month, Gal and Jeffries here, and he's been making absolutely amazing music over the past um, 45, 50 years, really. And a testament to that, he's still making great music. Um, we opened with Schoolyard Blues from um, his forthcoming album, 14 Steps to Harlem. Gal and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. It's good to be on the show. I'm a big fan of the UK, having uh, many friends that I've seen over the years and that I haven't seen in a while, which is uh, one of them being Van Morrison. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I hear he's playing a lot now and I'm excited to to see him. Cool. We're going to play tracks from right across your career and uh, we'll be playing some more tracks towards the end of the show off 14 Steps to Harlem, but we opened with Schoolyard Blues 14 Steps to Harlem is your third album in six years. You must have assembled a great band for that record. 
I look to find great players. And sometimes uh, you're surprised in that you don't know that a guy is going to be that good. And you just love it, you know. I mean, there's nothing like playing with other musicians. You know, you can be a solo artist, which I've done, made records like that, you know. But there's nothing like playing with a band, a group of people that you are, have a commonality with. And, and you're really hitting a prolific part of your career at the minute. It's, it's really fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a, a spring chicken, but I, I, but I have uh, all my energy, all my, uh, everything that I need uh, to, to do shows and performances and, of course, make music. And I think it's, the, it's you know, it comes down to it. And I think you'll find many musicians that are like this. They're wedded to the music. They love the music and, and they want to put out their best work and with their energy, you know. I want to take you back to 1973 and, um, you know, just an amazing single that you did, uh, Wild in the Streets. And I, I think that was recorded with uh, Dr. John and his band. Yes, I was uh, working at a great studio called The Record Plan. The person that was the engineer and the owner of the studio was Roy Sakala. And I have very uh, emotional ties to that, this gentleman who is no longer alive. He was uh, he was a person that really kind of... Uh, he brought me along. He showed me what to do in the studio. He showed me how it worked. And uh, he was very, very encouraging. And uh, to my credit, I listened to him. I learned a whole lot. And I learned how to really make a record, how to really uh, uh, you know, be in charge of my own recording, to know what's good and what isn't good, you know, and what, or what could stand improvement. And he helped many, many people as well as not to mention John Lennon. In fact, he introduced me to John Lennon, and I met Yoko both on the same day and, and, and subsequent times at that studio. So I, I've had a, an opportunity to meet some wonderful people along the way, you know, uh, including Lou, including, uh, you know, I go back to Van many years ago, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him when I come to the UK and reminiscing. Mm. In terms of the f- lyrical feel of that song, it just it still reverberates today. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, that's my job, man, <laughs> to make the best work I can, and I and I take a lot of pride in that, you know. I mean, why put out something that's just mediocre? You know, you want to put your best out. It was interesting back in those days that, that Wild in the Streets wasn't, you know, it was recorded in the same period as your, your debut album, but, but wasn't on that record. Another song... I'd like to play is Lon Chaney. I mean, that's just a gorgeous ballad of yours. Yeah, thank you so much. That's a special song, you know. just came right out of me, you know. It's, and I think it uh, really comes from those movies, you know. I mean, Lon Chaney, what, what, what a character. You know, these are the kinds of things that stimulate writers, writers, artists. You know, anything, anything can be fodder for the, for the creative process.
crush Now's the time To come out From your tomb You look so sad With a face of stone With a hunchback's eye You live Oh, long chainy with the velvet touch A gypsy woman That you love so much Say goodbye few years after that i think 1976 you know you mentioned lou briefly before but you um you sang backing vocals on you wear it well but you guys from from lou's rock and roll heart albums but album but you got you guys go way back yeah we we go way back uh that's a very it's a very uh great time you know it's i think we were all were learning a lot of stuff i was going to a university outside of New York called Syracuse University. Lou met me there. We, we, that's where we met. Immediately, we became friends because we loved the same kind of music. He loved doo-wop, and I loved, you know, I would call more R&B, you know. And he loved my voice. 
he he was crazy, and I got to tell you, he was sick that I that I had a voice that I that I have because he didn't have that voice, you know. So you know, he had to do with what he had. But uh, what a music lover, and what an encourager, and you know, you know, he had a rep- reputation for being, you know, I, I don't want to say nasty, but you know, irregular at times. But I have to tell you, man, I knew him his whole life. From that period on, and he was a wonderful friend to me, just a great guy. And I saw him, uh, of course, some a couple weeks before he passed away. Sad to see him go. I wish he was still around. He was a great influence on me and a help, and I helped him as well. We we, we had a, a great friendship.
playing a, a song of yours that, that Lou did backing vocals later on but um, I'd like to uh, talk about your Ghostwriter album Yeah, I picked two tracks the first of which is the title track but I think a theme of your career is that you just won't be pigeonholed into one style of music and you kind of just write and record in, in whatever style that you wish Yes I like that freedom uh, because um, first of all my sense is that when you're writing, when, when you're preparing an album or you have a series of albums that you've worked on, you know, you have an audience out there and you want to be sure that you give your audience what it deserves. You know, you, you, you know some, some artists, I have to say, are too repetitious. They do things that are, it's, oh, this again, or that again. You know? But I think the, one of the goals is to try to have variety in your music, especially when you're making a 10-song a or 12-song record, you know. you got to give the audience what they pay for in the end. I've heard that you and Bob Marley admired each other's music. Yeah, we had a, a nice friendship, brief as it was. I like Bob very, very much. We, we had a lot of laughs uh, between us, you know. I remember I was coming out of a, a club, Max's Kansas City, and he had played there just a couple of times. He said to me once, what did he say to me? He teased me once. We were walking down the street outside of Max's. He said, oh, it sounds really cool, man. Cool, your music's really cool, you know. And he was playing with me, you know. And I got, I got pissed off at him. And I told him, I said, look, man, if you don't want to talk to me, fine. And, and, that's the, and that kicked off a real friendship. Because I challenged him, you know. you know. In other words, I wasn't going to let him. I didn't care who the hell he was. <laughs> and, and we became buddies. And, uh, occasionally, I would see him when he came to New York. And then some time went on, and, and then he got ill. And he tried to, you know, we, you know, we were all hoping that he was going to be come back, be okay. But it didn't work out that way. And, and I was in Munich at the time, and I spoke to his wife. She, she came to the phone, and she says, Bob, Bob is uh, having a tough time. And 
and then Bob came to the phone, and he says, uh, "Ja no man, ja ja no." I, I I felt, and I've always felt, if he had not focused on the ja, he may be still alive. I guess sometimes people resort to religion as a cure, as a safety device. I uh, don't feel that way myself. Uh, but uh, uh, he's a guy that I really dug, and he dug me. We had a friendship, however short it was. Fantastic. Well, let's play Ghostwriter. Yeah.
Also from the Ghostwriter album is Spanish Town. I mean, that's just another special song of yours, I think. I love that song. I, I gotta be. I gotta admit it. Uh, I love the song. It came right out. It was uh, like an easy song to write. And uh, writing sometimes is, if you've got it going on, it, it comes out of you, and you just follow it. And that's what I do with that song. And um, it really is a, a focus and a picture on my family. Rafaela was my mother's name. Was my Rafaela was my my grandmother's name. In fact, she loved her Juan Jose. She was you know she married. She came from Puerto Rico. In fact, I was just in Puerto Rico visiting, and I felt you know I was I was with my wife Claire, and and uh, I was feeling like I was at the homeland of my of my grandmother. She loved me, and she treated me with a, a lot of a lot of affection you know it was really great to have that from her she was quite wonderful like Raphael is my mother's name my mother was very young so my grandmother really substituted and you know she was really my mother uh, when uh, I was a child oh senorita when the evening sun go down I come to serenade you From another part of town 
Talking about that sentiment, got another fabulous song of yours, and I think it was a number one hit over here in Europe um, back in, I think, 1979. It's Matador. Oh, yeah. That was a huge record. Uh, that was like my first major smash. You know, <laughs> I mean, when you have something like that, boy, you you can't you can't uh, you can't you can't believe it, and you you you're so excited about it. You know, that was a song that wouldn't quit. Wow, what a record! And uh, take me to the Matador. And, you know, these, some of these songs, you know, they're in you and, and, and you have to pull them out of you. It's not like a, it's all mathematical. You know, it's an emotional thing. and You feel something, connection, some connection to an idea. Take me to the matador. He will know just what it's for. He will help me with my life. He will open every door When the bull is on the ring You need all the help you can And the mariachi sing With the lonely man the lane See those people shout Take me to the matador 
Take me to the matador He will fill and eat my soul He will give me confidence When I think I lost control He will help me with my music In the age of winning love With the ancient cup and sword And the hundred Spanish laws See one thousand violins Golden trumpets soar on high Waves and waves of joyful hands Let's reach the sky Fight the battles and the blue Wars of love and wars of art Tonight the cape is what I choose Goya's in my Spanish heart about another hit and i think it was um a hit again over here in europe um it was a cover this time of uh, 96 tears i mean you, you do a you do a really cool version of that song yeah that came out good i mean it's like uh, question mark uh version is is the is the definitive definitive version in that it's it's the original i, I really like the song and and i started performing it like in shows and stuff 
And I started thinking, well, what can I do? You know, I, you know, first of all, I didn't write the song. Oh shit. <laughs> but then, uh, that, uh, I worked on it and I worked on it and I played it and people started to respond to it. And, uh, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably perform that song in some of the UK shows, you know, it's a fun song to do, you know, it's a, and it's a great song to do with the band. I think I saw you do that with, uh, on, on the internet with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Is that, is that correct? Yes, I have done that with Bruce. Yeah, we, we've done that. We've done a few things over the years, you know. We've been buddies for, for a long time. Yeah, we've had some fun doing that. came back in um, the early 90s with um, Don't Call Me Buckwheat. You know, one of the pivotal singles off that is Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll. Again, another change of sound, but it completely works. And I think it was actually a, 
uh, a hit single over here in the UK. Yes, I think it was. It's like I, I, I work. I live. I live in, in in the city. We live in an apartment here with uh, my daughter and my and my wife, and, and uh, I sit on this couch. You know, I work in this room, this main room. I've dug deep in these uh, on these sofa beds, you know, and I, I get my uh, get my ideas going, you know, and I know when it's good and I know what it's not. So when it's not, I'm digging in further. Or sometimes I have the sense this is not good enough, and I'll come back to the drawing board and start working on working on something new, or come back to it later, and then I'll find that I, I find the space where I can, oh yeah, this is the way to go with it. So I'm, I'm a songwriter and I'm a performer. So I like the full package, you know, the full deal, you know. I like the idea of performing my own songs because I'm putting my story out there, my emotions. Uh-huh.
from Hell, Hell, Rock and Roll, you know, you were talking about conveying your story and emotion. And the title track of uh, Don't Call Me Buckwheat is such a track. Yeah, well, I if I'm fortunate enough, I can dig in and find something, you know. You know, like the brand new album that's uh, that's going to be coming out any moment. You know, it's like when you get into the hang of it, in the sense that you're, you're in the pop music world. And my world, that means that it's not just pop music. It has meaning as well, as character. Part of my reason for writing these songs is it that I want people to hear it. I guess in some way I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a change. I'm asking people to think differently, not just in one way. And I've met people many times over the years. You know, like we all do, we're in conversation. We don't always agree, but sometimes we can be persuasive and someone can join your point of view.
talking about the lyrics of your music and, you know, something I've read about Lou Reed was that he loved pop music, but he was trying to sort of inject real meaning into his songs. I mentioned a, a track that, that you recorded backing vocals on with Lou, but I'd like to play a song where he did backing vocals for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's The Contortionist from uh, The King of In Between, which was uh, from about five or six years ago. You, you'd taken a break and you were sort of back with a big bang again. Yeah, that was great. I mean... Uh... That was Lou and my daughter sang on it as well. And uh, Savannah, she's quite a, a force, you know, and she's really, she's working on all the songs of her first album. And that's very exciting. I'm really happy for her. And I'm encouraging to, I'm encouraging to her, of course. I, I absolutely adore this girl. She's 21 now. We're all going to South by Southwest. Uh, she'll have an opportunity to play in front of people. It'll be very good. And it's wild to see your daughter following in your own tracks, you know. She uh, she digs it, you know. She's got her own thing going. She's not copying. She's, she's really got her own. Recently, we played New Year's Eve, and uh, she usually comes and plays a couple songs. This time, she played a whole set and uh open for my band and she was the star of the show i had to i had to tell her okay that's enough for you kid (laughs) (laughs) the king of in between was another you know another great album of yours i keep uh churning them out you know that's what that's what it is you know i love the cover you know who the you know anton corbain is yeah he's a is he a film director photographer and now he's a director he's both I met him when he was uh, when I first went to Holland. We became very good friends. He's taken many photos of me, and now he's making movies. Uh, a great, a great guy. He took some photos of me and my my kid when we were and my wife many years ago when when she was a real baby. But he's a wonderful, wonderful guy and wonderful. Uh, I mean, the people that I know and that I work with. Or most of the time, more than most of the time, people that I like, people that I want to work with, people that I want to be with, and often people that I socialize with. Like Lou and I were, you know, were very, very close, especially as the years went on, you know. Just like we're, you know, just like I'm friends with Laurie Anderson now for, for many years. I'm a big fan of hers, and she's a great friend of, of my wife's and, and, and myself. So it's 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 great when you can associate with people in your world of creativity and I met some great people in the music business, the music if you want to call it that, in the music world. Um, and I hope I continue to do so. I used to be a contortionist. Doing that and a doing this Swallowing rings and swords and things Life was bent and I was twisted Hanging in the playgrounds of the rich Which is what and what is which Time gone by just got the hit Can't stop the music Can't stop the music 
Contortionist with Savannah Yodata on backing vocals and of course the great uh, Lou Reed. Next, Garland, the uh, the song I'd like to play is uh, a track from your Truth Serum album, which I think is uh, from 2013, and it's uh, Collide the Generations. Collide the Generations is a, a song that really is a dedication to my daughter. She was very young at the time. Not she, she's still young, but she's not as young as she was. That's exactly what happens. Child is born, grows up. Fortunately, she's very smart and quick. But what you want to see happen is you want to see a collision. You want to see your child doubting what you think. Or you want to see your child uh, arguing with you about 
you know, where, you know, what, what is this and what is that? So she develops her own opinion that is home, her own. And I think we've really succeeded in that, both my, uh, my wife uh, and myself, you know, to stimulate her. Very, very smart girl and uh, a very talented songwriter and a great musician, really. So uh, we feel like we've done the right thing and continue to do so. Crash the generation. 
generation, crash the 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 generation, collide the generation, collide the generation. Collide the generations from True Serum, and now we're we're, we're going bang up to date, Garland, uh, with our penultimate track. It's uh, Spanish Heart. Can you tell me about Spanish Heart? Yeah, I love the uh, you know the, the whole world of uh, Spanish in my in my life comes from my grandmother. She's uh, long gone. She was, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman, and I remember her when I was a little kid. And she adored me, and uh, my my uh, my daughter never got to meet her. She was just uh, just something very so somebody very very special, and she treated me with respect, and she taught me a whole lot. And I think about her, you know, I still think about her to this day. Rafaela Nieves, her name was. We went diamonds in the rough Till we had enough Arm and arm through all the stairs and glances Still your matador And you're my paramour Through all the years and second chances You're in my Spanish heart Always be a part of me. You're in my Spanish heart. You're deep within the heart. You're like a work of art. You're in my Spanish heart. <laughs> When it comes to you and me Way beyond the shades of careless bigotry I'm your man of war 
you dedicated troubadour And you're the one that I have waited for You're in my Spanish heart You're more than pride and vanity You're in my Spanish heart You're deep within the heart You're like a work of art Spanish Heart from uh, 14 Steps to Harlem by um, Garland Jeffries. Now we are moving on to our final track and it's the uh, title song of, of uh, Garland's new um, release. You, you mentioned you're coming over to the UK but I think you've got a bit of a European tour coming up in April. Yes, covering a lot of territory man. <laughs> you know, that's what we're doing you know, so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, uh, so is it just... Uh, there's just more shows and more music to come f- from your garland. Are you kidding me? I mean, I think my wife thinks this is the end. Well, I got something in store for her. <laughs> I'm already working on some new songs. You know, I, I've got a, a little particular song concept that I'm working on. Uh, we'll see how it works out. I have a friend here in New York, uh, actually in Boston, named Duke Levine, and he and I are planning a special kind of a record on a little different than normal, but it will be popular, we, we think. That's absolutely fantastic, um, Garland. I mean, your music across the past 45, 50 years has just been, you know, consistently strong, and I've been... I hope the listeners today realise the, um, you know, the strength and depth of and range of your songwriting and, and go out and... Dig dig deeper into your your career. Yeah, well, you know, I'm 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 uh, I'm proud to be uh, making music. I got to tell you, I don't take it with a grain of salt. You know, I I try to you know 
I would never turn out something that was lame, you know. I would never do that, you know. Uh, first of all, I always think, I've always thought about people who follow me, you know, who follow me consistently. And uh, I want to give them what they spend, you know, whatever they spend. They deserve to get the best, you know. And that's what I try to do. And I know there are other artists who do the same thing, you know, like Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel's a friend of mine. I love his music. He's a fantastic guy. What a guy. And he invited us up to his house up at Bath. Uh, and that was great. It was really a wonderful invitation. So just very recently, I was in London. We met uh, Kofi Annan. And that, that was a great, a great little thing, you know. It was a great experience. Fantastic, Alan. I, I wish you all the best with 14 Steps to Harlem. Thank you, my friend. Great to talk with you. And I, I hope we get the chance to see each other in London. Marvellous. Cheers. All right, cheers, Garland. Thank you. Bye-bye. Just to keep the family alive 
hit the number. I'm looking out my window right now. I can see my daddy go by the train. He's watching Kate Smith on the TV. Yeah.